1: Market-moving insight and analysis. Join Jim Cramer, David Faber, and me, Carl Quintanilla, on the opening bell hour of CNBC Squawk on the Street. Good Wednesday morning. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm Carl Quintanilla with Jim Cramer and David Faber. Earnings season officially kicks off today. Some push and pull. On futures, J.P. Morgan, Delta, Bed Bath all in focus, even as PPI runs hot up 11 to year on year. We got oil back above of 102. Our roadmap begins with J.P. Morgan reporting results. Shares under some pressure. We're going to dig through the numbers.
2: Plus, why one Fed president is warning that it's a fantasy to think modest rate rises right. can combat inflation. We'll explain that. And Delta Airlines flying high, expecting to return, get this, to a profit imagine that as more travelers return to the skies. The company's monthly revenue also exceeding pre-pandemic levels, Carl, for the first time since March of 2022. Hey. 20. Hey. <laughs>
1: JP Morgan is the lead, of course. Earnings uh, do miss. Revenues beat. First quarter profit down 42, uh, driven by increased costs tied to bad loans and market upheaval caused by the war in Ukraine. Jamie Dimon strikes a note of caution in his remarks, says, quote, we remain optimistic on the economy, at least for the short term. Consumer and business balance sheets as well as consumer spending remain at healthy levels. But see significant geopolitical and economic challenges ahead due to high inflation supply chain issues and the war in ukraine jim you've been framing it as the credit reserves on one hand the buyback on the other yeah
3: i mean look there's no doubt about it when he buys back 30 billion he believes and that's long term he's not going to buy it short term but when you look at it, you say, "Oh my God, he was on the wrong end of the nickel trade." Holy cow, he's building reserves, nine hundred million. I thought that was that we weren't going to do that if the consumer's that strong and the five percent loans. So, uh, David, I put it to you. Put it to me. Well, well Tell just, me. You're, what? you're, part, I'm right. You're my partner. Yes, I am. Always. All right, Carl, I put it to you. No, no come on. Um, it was everything was pretty good, especially by the way equities, which really shocked me. But he talk, He's talking his own stock down. I talking about the the uh, how...
2: broader the challenges in the broader economy. Gloom, overall. yeah, gloom and doom. Uh, but he does that. I mean, listen. One of the things we appreciate about Jamie Dimon is you do seem to get it fairly straight from him. Um, and so there is that. Uh, the stock is never. News? never recovered from the last quarterly earnings right. where there was a lot of concern about expense. That is not going to be the case here, I don't believe, Jim, in terms of additional expense or expense coming in way above where, where the estimates have been. Obviously, a lot of that had already been reflected in perhaps estimates. And, and again, the stock price never fully recovering. They did add to loan loss provisions right. in a fairly significant way, perhaps as well, yes. reflective of what Mr. Diamond is talking about on the call right. in terms of concerns about the overall economy.
3: But remember, what drove it down last time was he had to increase his spend on technology. This time, not really a focus. But if you think, uh, it, this is I mean, the way I would play it. Let's say I am a CEO of another bank. Well, I will be sure not to mention the long term. <laughs> because if you want your stock down, you just say, hey, listen, I'm worried about, I mean, he didn't, he didn't mention Zelensky by name. He didn't talk about the lockdown in China. But I read that and I said, boy, is he worried about Ukraine? Oh, man, he's scared about China. And I I didn't want to hear that. Because those things could get better or worse. They don't have to necessarily both get worse. Right. Uh,
1: Certainly, the the reserve buildup is a a change directionally from uh, from recent quarters. As Jim mentioned, trading was a beat. Uh, Investment banking, though, a bit of a miss. Yes. Um, Mortgage demand is going to be a worry as affordability takes a hit. I don't know if you saw mortgage apps, but we got... Mortgage origination, the Bankers Association says, will probably be down by a
3: third this year. Yeah, and the refinance is awful. I mean, really awful. Down 60%. 60. Uh, Now, I mean, I thought bright side was it uh, decreased only 1.3% week to week, given the fact how fast rates are going up. Uh, But I I find it quizzical uh, that you can say that you should increase your loan loss reserves and at the same time say the consumer is very strong. But then I worry, and I think, David, I, did you know they were on the other side of the nickel trade? No, I didn't.
2: Can you elaborate? I, no, I wasn't aware of that. And so we can take that into Who account. Who was on the
3: nickel? <laughs> you
2: remember? Uh, yes, I believe I do. I'm not going to share
3: because <laughs> I don't want to be Jeopardy, wrong.
2: Jeopardy but King does not share but, but I'm pretty confident Jefferson. I know.
3: All right, Actually, what I'm worried, who what? is on the nickel? It's Jefferson. It, it's Jefferson. I don't know. No one yeah. uses nickels anymore. No. But I, I looked at the, the exposure he had to that, and I said, oh, my God, Tempest in a teapot? <laughs> <laughs> that's,
2: that's a deep track right there. That is oh, way up from the, yeah, way back. Um, the commentary this morning, and obviously a lot of it will depend on the tenor of the call, which is ongoing right now. <laughs> Uh, is generally positive. I mean, well, they, you know, okay, Goldman they... Sachs, for its part, says, listen, we expect questions on the path for capital markets normalization, but frankly, you know, we think uh, overall this is not bad and the stock conceivably should trade fairly well on these results. Uh, I agree. Uh, you got Bank of America saying stock reaction should be positive. We believe results should be viewed positively, although the group continues to trade on macro sentiment. Um, in that interest margin, guidance is unchanged, and an interest margin was... As you'd expect, a bit improved as a got result every of obviously Fed the Governor rates. and his
3: brother saying rates have got to go up. That's fabulous for J.P. Morgan. Right. Why would you sell that stock before a big buyback kicks in and the possibility the short rates are going to go up? And he's got a huge deposit base. Why?
2: Only because you believe the economy is going to go into a significant downturn. Right. Right.
3: And, and, uh, that's right. Not reflective of loan demand right now, which was up no. actually for the first time in a while. And the consumer, he should go listen to Matt Boss at his own company. Uh, he, does the re- he does retail, who says the consumer is incredibly strong. Semblist, uh equity strategist, I'm the market's not coming with this analysis. Um, we're going to talk a little bit later about the consumer
1: in more detail through the eyes of Delta, Jim. But right. but also through the eyes of Carmax yesterday right. and Bed
3: Bath today. Right. <laughs> what, what? Well, Bed Bath is, let's just say, the supply chain problems there were awful. And the fact that this, this quarter's already started off bad is awful. Uh, Bye Bye Baby is good. David, I think you'll love this. Do you know what they did a lot of this this quarter?
2: I don't. The
3: same All way right. I didn't know who was on the other side of the nickel trade. Okay. They bought back. <laughs> A huge amount of stock. There's only 80 million shares now. Now, wasn't that one of the things that you used to? I used to say maybe the stock could be a takeover you one did day. Many and, years ago, well, we talked we about
2: it, and got creeping buyback. Yeah.
3: So you have your friend Ryan Cohen in there. What's? Oh yeah, he's my buddy. Yeah, you know that.
2: He's going to go frog ice cream Ryan, cone. Ryan
3: Cohen. Uh, gorilla. I the think. Two companies that miss the quarters. Ryan is in there, getting it done. Don't forget Harmon. They own Harman. Ulta, Sephora, Harman. What? <laughs> Harman is a kind of a yes. cosmetic and drugstore.
2: Okay. Okay.
3: So, how about that Delta?
1: Yeah, well, really quick, <laughs> just just to put a coda on Bed Bath, comps down 12, uh, gross margins miss badly. Jim, they even have a metric gross margins... Excluding supply chain costs.
3: No, no it, it, was, it was horrible. And I, I like Mark Triton, and he's remade the stores. Uh, so they're good, but you need the merchandise, uh, which always helps. I mean, when you're a retailer, I remember, I remember the great Mickey Drexler once saying, you know, you've got to have the inventory, but you just can't have too much inventory. They have way too little inventory. And look, what's really happening there right now is I think that they have to really start coming to grips with the fact that the sum of the parts are worth significantly more than the whole. Because they've got a couple of good divisions.
2: All right. Coming to grips with something doesn't mean that you're going to do anything about it. I'm not quite sure what your implication is.
3: Someone is going to come to grips for them, is what I'm saying. You think so? Yes, I do. And it won't be Ryan Cohen? It'll be Ryan Cohen and company. He's not man by himself.
2: No. No. Jim, before we transition to Delta, the broader market and yesterday's action, if we could just get to that. Briefly, I had a couple of calls this morning and you hear this no incremental buyers. Have you heard that that line before? Yes, I've
3: heard people it's, are staying away. It, and, you know, it sounds
2: like, all right, give me another explanation. But is it real? Is it is it a thing? And, you know, the hedge funds right now are all netted out. A lot of them are just their nets are very low, so to speak. They're not buyers, sellers and nothing. So well, I think maybe the, they're not incremental buyers. No, I
3: think there's a really important pivot going on. Got to get out of tech. They're all in tech, right? Uh, and then you got to get into things they don't like. Like, they don't want to buy you mana, A nice upgrade today. You know, they're not looking at Pulte. I mean, they're just not. So they have nothing to do because their stocks aren't working.
2: And any takeaways from that, the market sort of move yesterday? And we looked oh, like we were...
3: I thought that interest rates, interest rates were good. Um, I prefer markets that open down. I got up this morning, I don't know, 4 o'clock, futures were flying. And I'm like, on what? On what? Why were the futures up big yesterday? On what? On a hideous CPI? Hideous.
1: Well, we were, we were looking for that second derivative on core, and we got it. Uh, we got right. a bunch of reports, Goldman and J.P. Morgan saying peak inflation, but that leads us to PPI today. How you with PPI so hot? Eleven two year-on-year, year, that is the biggest gain on record. X food Energy up 9-2 year on year we were looking for eight four uh jim and kathy wood yesterday on closing bell talking about the impact of inflation and interest rates on her fund take a listen i think our ilk of stock is going to uh is going to do very well if interest rates even if interest rates back up a bit more and the reason i say that is we do believe cyclical inflation is near a peak if you look at last year this time uh, April uh, delivered a 0.9 percent CPI read. Okay, so that's our comparison, and now we're seeing used car prices
0: fall. I think energy even is down month to month. So I think we're starting to see cyclical turn down.
1: So that's Kathy Wood, Goldman, J.P. Morgan, and Gunlock yesterday, Jim. That's that was four people in just one day. Well, it's hard to be worse.
3: <laughs> I, I when every category, well, see used cars, big category. But okay, so what did she do yesterday, Kathy Wood? She bought Stratasys. Okay, a, a three-dimensional, co- you know, three D company. She didn't do well on the previous one. She's buying Stratasys. Yes, her company is not going to be hostage to inflation, uh, but it's hostage to being Stratasys. It's not a great company. I mean, I think one. There's two things going on with Kathy Wood. There's her long dated, and then there are the stocks that she's buying now. That seemed to have very little vision. I mean, I thought she liked Twitter. New little shake up at Twitter, activist at Twitter. Now she doesn't like Twitter. Well, she was
1: selling before <laughs> we knew about uh, Elon's filing.
3: I, I, well, it's just, how about this? She's inconsistent. Uh, yes. How about that?
2: Okay. That's a fair point. Kind of like your combo today. Very nice. Um, That's by the, the first way, substantive thing you said to me today. Well, I'll tell you another one now, which is Carl uh, mentioned Musk. You mentioned Twitter. If he actually was buying on Monday, isn't that Conceivably, we should get some sort of notification yes. today and yes. yes. a filing, either if he passed 10 percent, a Form 4. Uh, also, remember, if you go up by 1 percent on a D, you should be filing. It could be as soon as two days. Of course, nothing says he will. Nothing says he did, and nothing says that he'll file on time if he did. Right. <laughs> given his potential violations in the past. um, But let's keep an eye open, because it is possible. Then also, he might even, you know, he he has different filing requirements, Form 4, Form 3s, uh, obviously under the 13-D as well. But it might give us some sense, if we do hear anything, that he was doing more buying, because we're still trying to figure
3: out what went on there. In terms of he was on the the board, he was off the board. The fundamentals are not that good, but they can get better. stocks
2: aren't
3: 50 anymore? No. But in terms of what uh, about this peak inflation, I want to believe. I hope I believe. Hope is not a strategy. I look at gold yesterday. Gold was a big. Now, maybe you think that gold is no longer relevant. I disagree. I still as a gold bug from day one say, hey, you know what? This doesn't say inflation is peaking. Indeed.
1: And certainly We'll see what the coming weeks bring as well. When we come back, all-time high demand, shares of Delta surging after results. We're going to dig through those numbers, talk about a consumer's willingness to pay up, take another look at the pre-market. We'll get to news on PayPal, Peloton, PVH got an upgrade of J.B. Hunt today. More Squawk on the Street continues in a moment.
0: You seek the key, but first, you must learn the ways of precision, craft, and performance with Acura's all-electric ZDX. With a premium Bang & Olufsen sound system up to a 313-mile range and a Type S variant with an estimated 500 horsepower, the ZDX is their most powerful SUV yet. Unlock the energy when you visit Acura.com to order yours today.
4: Let's get straight to the point. You want to grow your portfolio to fight rising costs of inflation or pay off your debt or anything standing in the way of you and financial freedom, right? Right.
1: Delta, as you saw, rallying in the pre-market after reporting a smaller-than-expected quarterly loss and predicting a current quarter profit. Airlines says monthly revenues exceeded pre-pandemic levels for the first time uh, since March 2020. Here's what CEO Ed Bastian told our Phil LeBeau earlier.
4: The demand is phenomenal. We've never
1: seen in our company's history demand for our product and services at the level we are. In the month of March, we had the highest sales in terms of bookings of any month in our history. Right now, we're only operating about 85 percent of our schedule, and we expect that, you know, through the first part of the summer into the second quarter, only about 85 percent. Partly it's because international restrictions are limiting what we can fly internationally. Domestically, we're about 90 percent. So for the June quarter, they see operating margin 12 to 14.
3: Streets at six. Look, I listen to a man who can be critical and negative when, it, when it, it should be. This was the most bullish he's ever been. Delta is integral to our economy. Once again, it says the consumer is very strong. Uh, I think that United's going to follow. United has a little more uh, foreign. But this is not the sign of a weak economy or economy that I want to get res- make reserves on. David, look at these stocks flying. I can tell you that Americans going to have a great quarter. For- takeaway from this, JetBlue. I also think, by the way, that there will be no Pino merger because <laughs> pricing can go up big after what. Was so
2: uh, yeah, no, I think we're both in the same camp on that as, as are many others in terms of their opportunity to potentially get Spirit to even listen to them, yeah. let alone agree uh, to a deal. But yeah, overall, are they earning their cost of capital yet again? getting close, said, I guess, probably yes. are now,
3: right? He says yes.
2: Um, they've added a lot of debt. They've added a lot of equity over the last two years. I know.
3: Uh, but at the same time, exceeding 2019.
2: Yeah. Uh, listen, people I've, wanna, been, people I've, been, travel. I've been flying a lot lately for, for work. And every and plane is full. Every plane's full. And some of these airports, I mean, the Atlanta airport is, is almost like a joke. It's <laughs> remember that Star Trek where they go to the planet
3: where it's everybody's in. They're all, they're too crowded. That's
2: what the Atlanta airport's like.
3: Well, you can't I flew, go anywhere. I flew Delta. You can't move. I flew Delta from uh, Palm Beach where I went to a really cool wedding. And what was amazing was, Which is it was their like hub, if, you don't, if you don't want to go on that plane, if you, they don't want you on that plane because it's over, so really, they basically offered you a free trip if you'd wait like five hours. Yeah. I mean, this thing's incredible.
2: There was a line stretching around. I don't even know for the Delta Club. You had to wait an hour to get in.
1: Well, this was sort of what Bastion said this morning in defending the government assistance during COVID. That this is an industry that consumers depend on and have basically
3: asserted we need this. We need to be oh, able to move around. No, look, I think you can buy Marriott on this. You can buy Airbnb. Now I know people say, Jim, you're being too glib, but you think Bastion's being too glib? I mean, he's fabulous. Do you know? Do you also know says that, don't use, doesn't do you know, want
2: masks anymore on planes. I know.
3: Do you know that I left this? on a United plane down to we're to oh, a really cool wedding. And they had it back, lost and found, which they outsourced in two days. No kidding,
2: because yeah. I left a book on a plane this, this uh, yesterday, the other day, well, on a United this, this, plane, but I don't think I'm ever this, gonna see this, that again. This was $1,700. Oh yeah, my book was like 20 bucks. Is it more important? I wasn't was even enjoying it, yeah. That's good,
1: I mean, we're, we're glad to see the some of the lost baggage.
2: I never got an iPad back that I left on a Delta plane, but that was like 10 years ago. I'm still mad about it.
1: We got to go, but I thought that United was deserving of a shout out. That that is good. We're going to find out what what they print in the days to come. We'll get Kramer's Mad Dash, countdown to the opening bell, and uh, we'll get the uh, futures here as we go to break. We're back in just a moment.
0: Every day.
2: Welcome back. You know, the uh, movement of freight in this country and where we stand in terms of too much supply, too much demand uh, has
3: been an issue we've discussed a lot. Right spot. Freight rights. Uh, freight richard are down. But David, this is one of the boldest calls I've seen in this cycle. Deutsche Bank is saying that J.B. Hunt, a premier trucking company, has come down so much that it literally is pricing in a recession. Now, when you look at this. And I'm glad we have this chart up. I mean, you could argue that they've gone from boom to bust in, well, so do you do it. I say you're a lot of number cuts are ahead. If you have stamina and can take number cuts, you can do it. But this is the same kind of call that I'm seeing for some home builders. It's okay to buy. And if rates are going to keep going higher, the sellers will keep materializing. So you're not a buyer on this call. No, but I love the fact that you're starting to see some calls saying, you know what, there's value here. J.B. Hunt's a really good company. And, it, it, you know, this is a, a remarkable collapse. That's a crash. Now, I did say to you the other day that freight, the freight rates have crashed.
2: You did. And we also, on Friday, we made note of that call from Bank of America, I believe it was, and know, the analyst in question there, who downgraded the sector. It's a very gutsy
3: call. But, uh, again, I think that if, that you're premature to call a bottom in a cyclical stock ahead of what could be multiple rate increases. So, I don't know. Uh, uh, probably a big institution might say, you know what, i got to start. But uh, an individual investor is too early.
2: All right. Although the stock uh, actually ticked up a bit just since I know. we started talking about it.
3: Now, can I ask you, you flew oh. where? Did you fly to Africa?
2: No. Where did you fly? Texas? Corpus Christi, yeah.
3: And that was... No seats? No. Packed. And then (laughs) last
2: week, I was in the Permian, so I was coming back from there. Anyway.
3: No, I only asked that because I I was going to Florida. I mean, that I get. I'm learning a lot. No, I'm saying that you're going to places unknown. Yeah, unknown. Like (laughs) like kind of the great, you know?
2: By the way, I mean, isn't this incredible? What? This back and forth between Jim, me and Carl. I, well, I wish I had so it on If you, you want to hear it again, you can catch us anytime, anywhere, because we are a podcast, right? So, I mean, you can only And I have imagine. a dollar sign
3: represented by me. Yeah,
2: how popular
1: no, that pop- is. Opening bell on the CNBC Real-Time Exchange coming up in just a moment. uh, We are talking about consumer, Jim, with regard to retail. PVH with a billion-dollar buyback and a big revenue target for 2025. On top of what LVMH put together yesterday, Uh, 30% growth in core fashion.
3: LVMH is doing this without China. I mean, they really said, you know, look, obviously the future could be worse. But LVMH is just remarkably successful. Remarkably. Now, PVH, I hope they can pull it off. Because I do think that these are, I have to say, these are very, very aggressive targets for them. And, you know, sometimes what you want is a little less optimism in the face of what we think. So this is kind of the opposite of Jamie. Jamie Diamond gives us, I think, too much pessimism. I thought PVH gave us too much optimism versus what I see in apparel. Uh, Diamond's on the tape right now, saying there's very little chance you're not gonna get
1: more volatile markets as the Fed starts to shrink the balance sheet, well, the
3: old days, dollar markets were good. I mean, come on, Jamie. Goldman Sachs would say you got dollar markets. Count me in. I'm not understanding this new Jamie Dimon. I don't get it. Here's the opening bell at the big
1: board. It's T Zero, a security token platform celebrating its recent funding round at the Nasdaq. Compo Secure, a provider of financial payment cards and cryptocurrency storage. Speaking of payments, what's up with the CFOs moving around? Now it's PayPal CFO, gonna be uh, replace Biggs at Walmart.
3: PayPal uh, is problematic. They missed a couple of quarters. John Rainey is a terrific uh, CFO. You know, we have this great CFO council. And he sat next to me at the CFO Council a couple weeks ago. I, I, I happen to really revere him. He is one of the most—you know, I put him on because he's so terrific. I, I never put CFOs on. This is a big coup for both. And if I am, if I am John, and I get a call from Doug McMillan, do I say, hey, you know what, I really kind of got this really great job? No, I take it because Walmart's one of the most incredibly important uh, roles. Now, Mizzou came out and said— Why didn't PayPal, uh, why didn't they affirm their guidance so that you don't think that something's wrong? And that I thought was a good call. Why didn't they? Most of the time when CFOs leave, that's a good time to be able to say he's gonna stay on for a couple months, no. And by the way, businesses write like we said, no. So those are the negatives for PayPal. The positive for Walmart, this guy has great technology knowledge just great. So, Walmart wants more tech. Remember when they had Mark Lurie there? He's unbelievable tech. Now he does that Wonder Truck. Yes. So, I understand why this is happening. Um, and I play with full disclosure my child trust owns PayPal, and I was horrified to see this. I don't
2: want Well, you've been a- horrified for a long time on PayPal, and you've been horrified since the stock came down an awful lot. Why in the world have you just sold it? I sold some. Um,
3: okay. It's a great question. I went out there in November. And I don't have to quote me exactly, but Dan Schulman, who I've respected for many years since he split that off from from eBay, said that business was going to get really good next year. And that business, and they're going to go back to their old growth rate, be plus 20. At plus 20, the stock is very cheap. He then subsequently missed the quarter that he promised me. And I'm doing, I'm, I'm doing a lessons learned. The lessons learned was I should have just not waited for 2023. 20, I I had a chance to bolt. And I didn't. I did poorly. Understood. And it I happens. I did poorly. Uh,
2: I think a lot of investors would have been happy if they had bolted when that Pinterest interest came out. Now, by the way, we never really got a clear sense well, of how far went long to that them. was. That was, I, I, I think, a journal story at the time. That. But it was an odd thing at the time. It didn't seem to last particularly long. I've never been able to determine how how close it was, if at all.
3: But that was a good opportunity to sell because it, no, it, it raised a lot of questions. It was. I mean, that's why I went out. He said, look, I see a lot of different things. Uh, the people who are selling my stock at 180 and 184, they're going to make a big mistake when they see the power. So, okay, so you have a guy who you've trusted for many years. Shulman, yep. see. Who then tells you that the sellers are wrong. And do you say, you know what? That guy's untrustworthy. But the answer is, is that, let's forget what he said. The next quarter was bad. And that, I have no excuse for not selling. That I thought I could ride through to get to, to get to the uh, promised land? No. Right, Only then you Aaron's get
2: down. then get you get down to this level and it's sort of like, well, really? What's Am I really gonna do it Thank now? Thank you, so that's what I said, is
3: what's the point? Uh, but you know, look, I, I, the whole point of our product that we put out, the Investing Club, is it's, it's a warts and all. And I went out and I believed a man whom I've always believed, and that was wrong to believe. That's on me. It's not on Dan. I screwed up. I should have been more critical.
2: Okay, it happens. Right. Win some, lose some. You know,
3: Ted Williams,
2: he- He only, si-
3: bat, he only batted 400. 60, 60% of the time.
2: Yeah.
3: He was bad. That was now, only I'm one not- season he batted for No, look, no, it's, it's very painful. I, and if I don't tell people about that, then- What's the point of bragging that I have thousands of percent of point in, in Apple? But I, that's just what a, that's what a fraud does. You ever see people on TV? They never have a stock that they went wrong That's true. I'm not that. No, you're not. Speaking of Apple, uh, Key today reiterates
1: overweight. They do say, Jim, that the iPhone SE is shaping up to be a mini
3: disaster. Yeah, that was a really negative
1: piece. But that overall demand is, is, is robust, well, I mean, hence you know, the
3: overweight. You can't just asterisk that as if yeah. it doesn't matter. Yeah. I, look, I look at Unisu, but Unisu, she deserves it, some sort of medal. But when you look at streets where, like, they're shooting dogs or eating dogs, whatever it is, they're not buying Apple. They're not buying. And I don't think they remember how Amazon would come to your house in the height of the pandemic. No one's really doing that apparently in China. China, China
2: continues to be uh, a, a top concern, as you might expect. We've talked about it for weeks, but it's only in the last week that it really seems to be having a true impact on the market in terms of the follow through on supply chain and so many other areas. We know that factories are closed. We know that it's impacting potentially Apple and Tesla and any number of other very large companies that do a lot of business there. And it's not getting any better. And she is not backing off. That is... President Xi not backing off in terms of the not one bit.
3: And no restrictions
2: on uh, on on the population, certainly in Shanghai uh, and, and other places. It's fascinating and it's so interesting because they juxtapose it with the rest of the world and its approach now to the virus.
3: I don't know if you uh, followed that, follow Dr. Topol, who's on, who on my show tonight. I
2: follow Topol. I listen, obviously, I still listen to Gottlieb, who was on Squawk Box oh, this morning.
3: But you know, Topol's talking about levels. Of uh, of immune protection, if you just follow the rules and use the mRNA, and I'm thinking about if okay. So let's say you're president Xi, do you just dismiss anything from the West? Well, you asked Eunice that question yesterday
2: because I was watching from Hello. my hotel. Yeah, you asked her yesterday about the mRNA. And, and they're, I, not, they're not. Did you hear they do no? MRNA? No, but judging from what they say, are their uh, are their rates of serious illness? Their vaccine seems to be working very well. Now that, of
3: course, is a key question because we don't know if we can believe those numbers. Well, if it's working really well, why do they have a, the strongest lockdown in the world? And even, and by the way, even compared to the initial, if it's working so well, I don't know. Why not put people to work and give them the pill? The uh, pill, they well, get. You sick. don't hear
2: about the antivirals at all. Yeah, now, you know, they don't have access to them. Um, they don't have access to the. David, antivirals. aren't you?
3: Come on, admit that you're shocked about what's going on. I am. It just seems, two plus years in. So counterintuitive. That,
2: and the damage being done, uh, but you know what? Trying to figure out what's going on in China is a very difficult thing to do for people who have spent years there, let alone okay. people who sit on a desk at the New York Stock Exchange.
3: But I will tell you what I hear from CEOs. They are frantically trying to diversify away from China, not because of, of uh, problems with ports, but because they now regard China as unreliable. Because they did not see that they could become a lockdown country after solving the problem. Unreliable. David, people you truly respect are telling me they're unreliable.
2: Yeah. But there are some there are so many US companies that are still deeply enmeshed there. It's it's not sure. like Russia where you can basically say, all right, we'll take the $4 billion hit and we'll get out, or we'll take we the $1
3: billion ta- hit you know and we'll get we out. We haven't even talked about the fact that he's massing. Uh, uh, so the, 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 he's going to try to crush. I was going to mention a
1: lot of the defense names are, are close to breaking out to new highs. Yes. Uh, watch LMT and Raytheon today. Not only uh, has Putin declared that peace talks are essentially dead, uh, today the foreign ministry says that Uh, U.S. assets that are transporting military equipment could be seen as legitimate targets. And now, Jim, uh, the Pentagon hosting eight manufacturers to talk about where our
3: capacity is if the war, in fact, goes on for years in terms of supplying weapons. If that's the case, I don't want to be too mercurial because it sounds a lot like uh, East of Eden. But Raytheon's very inexpensive.
1: Boeing's up almost 3%, by the way, with well, a double whammy of defense I don't, I don't and commercial jets. I don't
3: want to say anything good about Boeing, because David's going to startle me about why I didn't sell the Boeing, even though I'm not even down on it. He's going to startle me. I'm not going to let that happen. <laughs> hey,
2: I'm your biggest supporter. Oh, Thank just you. every so often num- got You're
3: my number one fan. Um, <laughs> I'm your no, I, one I fan. Raytheon, just think Raytheon, Raytheon, is doing very well. And we still haven't seen... The weapon, the laser weapon that shoots down planes that they have. A the laser? Don't...
2: Laser? Really? Laser weapon? Yeah. I know. No, I know
3: you're not kidding. This no? is not Austin Powers. It's, it's You know, its I think it's an experimental weapon that's way too soon to give to them. But how about some planes? How about giving them the Polish? Uh, look, well, I'm not a strap, I'm just saying that these stocks are going up for a reason. Yeah. Because this is going to be very much like uh, like Israel in, 19, in uh, the Yom Kippur War where Nixon said, all right, I don't care. Send whatever's necessary. I don't care about the Soviets. I don't care about nuclear war. Let's just send them what they need. I see that happening. Oh, it's
1: one reason why the street's watching uh, France. Le Pen on the tape today saying that once the war there is over, she will propose closer links between NATO and Russia. I mean, that election, Jim, is going to be consequential in a number of ways. What
3: a watershed election that is. Um, now, what the, the new polls say, that he could lose. Now, she's been a perennial candidate, and she's, I mean... It's the farthest about, she's ever gotten. She is a nationalist of, that is the most nationalist, even more than Hungary. I don't know what to say about that one.
2: That could certainly affect the NATO's approach right now to the, to the war in Ukraine as well, if she were to gain power. Guys, uh, you know, it's funny, we always talk J.P. Morgan, BlackRock always reports in the same day, and we don't usually talk too much about BlackRock, the world's largest asset manager. If we take a look at the European markets right now, let's take a look at shares of BlackRock. Not doing much, so there is that. Uh, generated $114 billion of long-term net inflows in the first quarter. Positive flows across all product types, investment styles, and regions as well. Um, this is an enormous asset manager, as we all know. Diluted EPS was $9.35, $9.52 as adjusted. Uh, and again, $86 billion of quarterly net inflows, $114 billion of quarterly, what they call long-term net inflows, a uh, 14% increase in operating income. Uh, and Larry Fink also saying a few things as the world continues to face geopolitical, economic uncertainty, our investments over the years to build, uh, he says, BlackRock's all-weather platform position them well. He also was talking a bit about private credit, something I've been talking about a lot in terms of its uh, sudden sudden emergence, but it's emergence in financing. So many of these uh, go privates lately. Um, and as well, the energy transition. Of course, ESG is such an important component now of uh, the asset gathering that's going on at BlackRock. It's not going to be a straight line, as my letters wrote about. It. And any energy transition has to be fair and just or it doesn't work. We're witnessing that now. said uh, think supply shocks and now the excess demand and so all this playing out is going to create an investment boom as a combination of fiscal spending on the u.s part and the european part there's a look at blackrock shares up uh, ever so slightly
3: i think that uh, one of the points you made i got a call yesterday about blackstone different but yes these non-banks may put up some spectacular numbers i talked last night about state street they could put a bank of new york Mellon. Now these are trustee banks you know they're, they're, they're custodial banks some people don't want them because they feel like wait a second I'm going to be exposed to rising rates right but uh, this may be the key. the companies that are custodian trustees and companies that are able to be serve the role of banks yeah
2: uh, and they are well they're disintermediating the banks yes. to a certain extent from what's been an important component of fee generation in terms of being able to give uh, loans to highly levered transactions for example. That said, the banks are providing credit to some of the actual pools of capital so
3: they can lever, but it's not nearly as profitable, I don't think. I I, I think that you're on to something here, David, very big. And when I look at traditional banks, you know, that's been such a great business. for It's fat. The
2: margins are so
3: great. For margins a bank, are great. handful of people.
2: It's, it but, goes along with the advisory fee, too, right? When you're the financing right. bank, you want to get the advisory fee as well. So, yeah, it's important. And, by the way, the banks are still participating. But if you haven't, we're talking about the financing of so many of these go-privates that are being done by private credit funds, whether it's uh, Owl Rock, whether it's right. Aries, whether right. it's Blackstone, uh, and on and on from there.
3: I don't know. I mean, yeah. I think, that, I wonder whether I look at the investment banking line. JP Morgan was not fabulous, but then again, who expected it would be? Right. I, I just think that it's something to watch, but I also think that if you ask me whether JP Morgan's going to go down another 10%, I don't think it can. I
1: think well, so. um, it gets to 126 this morning, and that's going to take you back to January of last year. Uh, and speaking of which, uh, Leslie Picker's been listening to the calls and's got some more color. Morning, Leslie.
5: Hey, good morning, Carl. That's right. Chairman and CEO Jamie Dimon noting on the call that the firm's internal model showing that the chance of a severe adverse event in the economy is about 10 percent higher than it was before. He says he doesn't think there will be a recession in the U.S. this year, but notes he can't forecast the future.
3: Things are unpredictable. Wars are unpredictable. Wars have unpredictable outcomes. You've already seen in oil markets, the oil markets are, are, are precarious. Okay, so I pointed that out over and over,
1: that if, you know, people don't understand that those things can change dramatically for either physical reasons, cyber reasons, or, or uh, just, you know, supply demand. And so th- that is, that's another huge cloud on the horizon. And we're prepared for it. We understand it. We're just, I can't tell you the outcome of it. I hope those things all
3: disappear and go away. We have a soft landing and the war is resolved. Okay, I just wouldn't bet on all that.
5: Relatedly, there was a lot of discussion on the call about why J.P. Morgan opted to take that higher-than-expected credit reserve build in the quarter, amounting to about $902 million. About a third of that was from Russia-related counterparty exposure, and the rest related to risks in the broader macro environment. Piper Sandler notes in uh, a note this morning that this is the first time management added to its credit reserve since Q2 2020, which, as you recall, was in the heart of COVID. Still, CFO Jeremy Barnum noting that the firm has various levers to pull up Ahead of stress tests in June, and as a result, feel quite good about the capital position from here, which is a reassuring sign for the prospects of buybacks and dividends. Still, the overall results weighing on shares this morning. J.P. Morgan down more than three percent, about three point three percent currently. Guys.
3: Well, wow. worse. I mean, we know this. I guess we don't want to hear from Jamie Dimon. I, I don't like what's hot. Obviously, I mentioned it. If the Russians are really saying that there should be no one who's Ukrainian, as our president says, we're glib if we say it can be contained. And I, I guess I, I'm so used to Jamie Dimon being being more uh, confident, David, that I could see how someone might say, "Wow, I can get another stock."
2: Well, he's just being realistic in terms of se- I mean,
3: well, you no, just don't they, know. I mean, but the well, average person. S- is- but they're not selling City that hard. They're not, Goldman's up. Yeah. I mean, the average person's not saying what David Solomon's worried. The average person's saying Solomon's taking care of the ball. He's going to make money in the volatility. That's when I sat down with David Solomon. He's waiting for volatility. You're getting it.
1: I don't know. That's sort of where Fink's coming from, too. Says an environment of rising rates is an opportunity yes. uh, more than it is a challenge. Leslie, thank you. Uh, Leslie Picker watching okay. uh, the banks. So do you think uh, thematically JP Morgan sets up the tone for banks this quarter or not?
3: Uh, I think that if you are Solomon, uh, if you're Brian Wyndham, I think you realize what you shouldn't say. I think you should say, look, it's obviously uncertain times, but we got your back. We're going to have rising rates that does well for our deposit basis. We like the consumer, and we're not as exposed as other banks to international repercussions.
1: Uh, Well, JPM is uh, up about two bucks from the intraday opening low. Uh, by the way, quick reminder, you can get in on the CNBC Investing Club with Jim. Sign up and find out more at cnbc.com slash join the club or just point your phone at the QR screen, uh, code on the screen. It'll take you straight there. Let's check bonds and treasuries as well. Uh, pretty wicked 24 hours of comments from Bullard and the FT this morning. Uh, Brainerd with the Journal yesterday. Uh, we'll get more, but for the time being, 10 years still a shade below 2.7, which was an important line yesterday. We'll be right back. Got some nice halo effect from the uh, Delta quarter here. Let's check out the airlines leading the S&P today. American Airlines uh, 18 and a quarter, uh, just a shade away from a level we last saw in February. We're gonna watch that as uh, we keep our eye on the consumer and travel, and we'll get Stop Trading with Jim after a break.
3: Time for Jim and Stop Trading. When rates are down, when people feel good, they ignore a huge call by Deutsche Bank on land research where they said basically you got to be worried. The bears are saying there could be 20% downside. Now, we have no evidence whatsoever that orders have slowed. But this is the kind of call that two days ago would have knocked the stock down seven. So just be cognizant that because the uh, tenure is going uh, up in price and down in yield. A lot of people are feeling better about things, including, by the way, uh, J.P. Morgan from just uh, 20 minutes ago. So just be aware. Rates are down for two straight days. 2.75 may have been some sort of level, and people are ignoring the negative today. Now, they ignored it yesterday until late afternoon. Yes.
1: Yeah, we lost. We did not hold yesterday. But although- I like the fact that it opened down, Carl. Yeah, I it's know. Going up. Uh, you like those setups. By the way, two-year yields down 20 basis points this week. That's big. Yep, Big percentage basis.
2: David, what are you working on? Thanks, Jim. You know, so many different things that there's not really enough time to actually enumerate them all. Yeah. The nickel? Yeah, that nickel trade has really gotten my eye now. I'm, I'm, you, you won't rest. You mean no, until you find, you out, find out, five out what pennies exactly pennies happened for there? It's Lincoln, by the way. What exactly happened there? Yeah. Lincoln?
3: Well, that one's no, great. I'm talking about different. No, no other. Ca- I'm We've all other established coins. that I have
2: no idea who's on any any <laughs> currency. Currency at all. Yeah. None. Number FDR. Who uses currency anyway?
3: I don't know. Honestly, I I tapped, Was the last I time tapped. you actually
2: took out I a wallet? I tap. I just I use Apple for Or so change. Many things. I got a quarter in my pocket. Actually, who's he on? Doc, you signs up. Anything can happen. <laughs> who's on the quarter? What about tonight?
3: Well, What'd what you mention? You had. Okay, we <laughs> we have Dr. Topol, I have Topol. That's right. and I think that China should listen. Because Dr. Topol is a worldwide scientist who is used everywhere except for in China.
1: Wow. Yeah, this lockdown is hard. It's it really eating hard to see how it ends. It's awful. Yeah. Jim, we'll see you at 6. Yep. Uh, a lot that ha- might happen between now and then. Mad Money, 6 p.m. Eastern Time. You've been listening to The Opening Bell on CNBC's Squawk on
0: the Street. This podcast is supported by FedEx.